Good morning. We're back with Axios Election 2020 special coverage. I'm Nyla Boodoo. We've been with you all night, providing many episodes that have answered what happened in Florida, an early look at the polls in Pennsylvania, and what the narrative is shaping up to be. Now, as America wakes up, here's where we stand. Wisconsin, Michigan, Nevada, and the all-important Pennsylvania hang in the balance. The states that have counted, but it's so close, are Georgia and North Carolina. And overnight, we saw both candidates speak to the nation. Here's Joe Biden. It's not my place or Donald Trump's place to declare who's won this election. That's the decision of the American people. But I'm optimistic about this outcome. So we'll be going to the U.S. Supreme Court. We want all voting to stop. We don't want them to find any ballots at 4 o'clock in the morning and add them to the list. Okay? This won't come as a surprise, but President Trump also falsely and prematurely declared victory, even though we have not finished counting ballots. We will win this, and as far as I'm concerned, we already have won it. So I just want to thank you. I'm here with Axios political reporter Hans Nichols. Good morning, Hans. Good morning. Can we start with what we do know at this point? We know that the Biden campaign is bracing for 24, 48 hours, even longer. Uh, They don't quite know how long it's going to be, but they know they have a long road ahead of them before they have any certainty. And uh, look, the map bears that out, right? I mean, you know, when everyone's crunching their numbers, looking at their data models, the best anyone can tell you is, let's wait for just one more batch of ballots coming out of Kenosha and Wisconsin, and let's wait for a little bit more coming out of Clark County. It's just too close. And so what you're seeing from at least the Biden campaign is positioning for you know today and the day after and the day after. Remind us of what that map looks like right now. What results do we have? Well, we have Florida. We um, Georgia's still too close to call. So, you know, the idea, the, the path for both still exists. For Trump, it's he's got to win Georgia. He's got to make sure North Carolina stays in his column. Um, he's down in Wisconsin, but he'll need Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. It looks like Arizona and the networks have called Arizona for Joe Biden. So the outstanding states are really the ones that we always thought this would be about, the so-called blue wall, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Don't really put too much stock in any of the numbers coming out of there because so many of the major counties and cities in both uh, states, especially Michigan. I just talked to uh, someone who said, like, Michigan, a lot of the votes in Detroit on on the Biden side haven't been counted. We feel good about Michigan. So it's those three upper Midwest states. Those really only matter if Trump wins in the southeast and make sure that Georgia's locked away and North Carolina's locked away. One little addendum, something funky is happening, not funky, but something that the campaigns didn't quite expect is happening in Nevada. And that is that Donald Trump is only down by 8,000 votes and there's still some more to come in. What's going on with the Senate? Looks like Republicans have held. And that to me is, you know, it's in any other, you know, the big the big prize is obviously the presidency. But it looks like Mitch McConnell will remain majority leader. Uh, The Republicans won or looked poised to be winning that race in North Carolina. Tom Tillis is going to win. They also won in Iowa, Joni Ernst. So if you give Republicans those two and again, it's not official. Right. I mean, this is like, you know, the networks haven't called these for a reason, but it does look like Republicans feel confident there. And then an outlier race is up in Michigan where John James, an African-American Republican candidate up there, is outperforming the president right now by a couple of points or a point. 
And if James wins and Republicans flip that seat, which is held by an incumbent, Senator Peters, you could be looking at 52, um, uh, 52 Senate seats for the Republicans. And then we don't know what's going to happen in, in, uh, in Maine. Uh, so you've got you've got Maine and Michigan where it could both go for Republicans. And in that case, re- Republicans will have, I think, 53 seats. It's the broader story, too, on, on the House and the Congress. Is it in the House? Republicans picked up seats. No blue I, wave. Yeah. No one. No one saw that coming. Right. I mean, we should just pause and be like, OK, let's put away all our bad metaphors. No one saw this coming in the House. No one saw that the Republicans, not even Republicans, thought that they would be picking up seats. So, you know, they're not going to have enough to win the majority, but it tells us something more broadly about what happened in the election. And that is that, you know, down down ballot, Republicans had a pretty good night. We still don't know about the top of the ticket. Thank you, Hans. Glad to be here. Earlier this morning, I also spoke with Jonathan Swan, who's covering the Trump campaign. Jonathan, good morning. What are you hearing from inside the Trump campaign now? Well, I've been texting and calling with people in the Trump campaign and in the White House all night, last night and into the early hours this morning. They were feeling very, very bullish after Trump. It became clear that Trump was winning, going to win Florida. They were feeling very good about Ohio and North Carolina. When things started to get dicey was when Fox News called Arizona for Biden. It was an early call. And as one administration official said to me, you know, they're on a whole bunch of text chains with, you know, colleagues, very excited, you know, holy shit, we're going to win this, you know, this sort of you know, feeling of, oh, it's 2016 all over again. And the, the text chain sort of went a little bit silent after Arizona. And so I would say right now it's, it's a feeling of uneasiness. Uh, I'm on a number of text chains with Trump officials. For people who are waking up to looking at a map of this country, the electoral map, do you think, are they looking at a red mirage? Are they looking at a blue mirage? Is a mirage even the right way to think about this? As we were talking about different scenarios where it might seem as if one party was ahead, even though that's not accurate. Is that what we're in? Not really. You're seeing uh, some polling errors. There, there is some level of reckoning for for pollsters, but it's a razor thin election. It's not going to be a landslide, and potentially, you know, we talked about this on Sunday. The scenario of coming down to a state like Pennsylvania and potentially um, a legal battle where the Trump campaign would be trying to block the counting of ballots, mail ballots that arrive after November third. That's a very plausible scenario. What are you hearing on that front in terms of legal challenges the Trump campaign is preparing? So there, I mean, look, there's no mystery here. They are going to litigate to try to block the counting of ballots that arrive after election day. And that is a, that is most likely to be relevant in Pennsylvania, where the state Supreme Court has allowed counting for three days after the election. That could go up to the Supreme Court potentially, and Trump allies like their chances of winning that argument at the Supreme Court. But I'm kind of getting ahead of us because it may not come to that. If Trump holds on to Georgia, holds on to North Carolina, then it really we are talking about these Midwest states and it could come down to a legal battle. 
Axios is Jonathan Swan. Thank you, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. We'll be back soon with another pop-up episode that provides the latest analysis for you. In the meantime, you can always check out Axios.com or the Axios app for the latest. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening.